Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Human suffering Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Eating raw chicken? That's three days of diarrhea, but one hour of superb mouthfeel. I'm Andy. Sacre bleu! Voilà pas! I'm Adam. Jack's Monster Burger is back, and it's coming for you. I'm Kelly. I'm here to assure you that if you've ever had food poisoning, you've definitely eaten poop. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello everyone, and welcome back. This week, we're going to be talking about food poisoning. I've killed the king. <laughs> so, food is old Germanic food. <laughs> Fud. Uh... <laughs> and that just meant food. I thought I'd prepare a meal. <laughs> Poison comes from Latin potionum, which basically just meant a drink. For some reason, it had a connotation with a deadly drink, and as time went on, the word morphed into poison, and the deadly part stuck, and the drink part went off to be potion. Mm. Hmm. So, sibophobia is the fear of food, from Latin sibus, meaning food. That's one of those rough ones. Yeah. <laughs> And people who suffer from this are mostly afraid of eating contaminated food, though there are people who are worried about getting fat that can have this as well. I also feel like if you're afraid of eating contaminated food, then most food looks contaminated to you. Yeah. 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 Sort of a, a hypochondriac food sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. want your steak very well done. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like just solid food or just anything you would ingest? No, anything. Like some of the people that have that, if the expiration date on their milk is within like a week of the date they won't drink it anymore. Gotta throw out the whole fridge. It's a food. It's the most purest form of food stuff there is. (laughs) (laughs) So food poisoning is what happens when you ingest a bacteria, virus, or chemical that your body really doesn't like. You will then have stomach cramps, a mild fever, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. In that order. (laughs) Usually all at once. (laughs) I'd rather it be in order, please. (laughs) One at a time, please. This tends to clear up in a few days, but you should go see your doctor if you have blood in your vomit or diarrhea, you have nonstop diarrhea for more than three days, or if you're vomiting so much you can't keep any food or liquids down. Guys, I have to go to the doctor. I'll be back. (laughs) Can't stop, won't stop. It's been three months. (laughs) <laughs> I, can't, I don't think I can possibly lose any more blood. <laughs> so we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? The most common source of food poisoning is undercooked meat. I'm going to say false because there's so many salads that get salmonella and shit. <laughs> yeah, that does seem to get more press. Well, that's because like I, I could have a steak and you could have a steak and mine, mine had E. coli, but... If we have the same salad, like the salad goes further than the meat. I feel like people are so careful with meats, like because of for that reason. Like, I feel like meat's the most dangerous, but therefore we treat it the most carefully. Yeah. Like with standards these days, I don't think they have to cook it as much anymore, but like they still do anyways. Oh, hell, just just graze mine on the on the grates and we're fine. (laughs) So everybody's going with false. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep, this is false. In the U.S., at least, the title holder for most causes of food poisoning is leafy greens. I knew it. Andy was trying to tell us this whole time. (laughs) It may not be that leafy greens have more gastroenteritis causing critters on them, but most people don't cook leafy greens and only some wash them. So they're just more likely to infect. wash them. Yeah, you're supposed to wash. Otherwise, you might have sand in them. (laughs) Or caterpillars. (laughs) <laughs> or staples. That, that happened to me once. That's why I can see Christina pointed at him and said, hey, you're lying. <laughs> I was telling them for their own edification. I wasn't trying to get nothing. I didn't want anything. Just less staples. <laughs> I will never let that go. It's a big staple. It's a big box staple. <laughs> staples are like croutons for Superman. What are you saying? <laughs> Salad came with a free tongue piercing. (laughs) Almost. I got lucky. (laughs) So true or false, Americans are more likely to get food poisoning than the world as a whole. Ooh, I feel like that's false. I don't know. I feel like that might be like the the whole hygiene theory thing where we don't get exposed to as much of it. So our stomachs get irritated more often. It could be. But I'm saying that, man, there's a lot of the world and a lot of the world cannot wash their leafy greens. Oh, man. If if you go one way, I'll go the other way. We'll hedge our bets. Okay, I'm I'm going false. (laughs) I'll go true. I'm going false. Okay. This is true. Yeah. According to who? (laughs) One in 10 people get food poisoning (laughs) each year. According to the CDC, one in six Americans get food poisoning each year. Okay. It's like I could buy Adam's thing where yeah. maybe they just eat it so much and it's like, hey, this is just part of my flora now. Yeah, our stomachs are just delicate. Uh, that's not the reason why. No. <laughs> no, we're both scientists. So. <laughs> I am a scientist. Is it because we take terrible care of our livestock? Uh, that's part of it. The other part of it is that the CDC, or not the CDC, but the FDA doesn't have a lot of power <laughs> so do not I'm, oops i'm just gonna stick with my wimpy stomach theory mm-hmm. well what happens is the fda tests a portion of food from sources not a large portion like 15 percent, and then if it comes back with a positive result for some bacteria all they can basically do is say hey you should fix that like <laughs> that's where their power ends please fix it <laughs> yeah So true or false, thoroughly washing your hands and food and then cooking it to a sufficient temperature prevents all types of food poisoning. Sounds false to me. It wouldn't be all types, would it? I feel like this might be true. I mean, everything's going to die at the proper temperature. Yeah, but chemical is also part of it. And I don't know. What about like fungus and stuff? Bacteria can live at strange temperatures. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that would be where the proper temperature comes in. Okay, smarty pants. <laughs> so, Kelly's going with true. true. And I'm going false. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. this is false. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will take care of almost every pathogen, but there's a handful that can make it through. Mercury. <laughs> yeah. So, we're on to our fill in the blank. According to the FDA, how many people need to get food poisoning from a single source to constitute an outbreak? 20. 100. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't need to think it needs to be that many. Like, yeah. I mean, if Jack in the Box kills five people, I still think that's an outbreak. Yeah, I mean, they killed five, but they infected a lot more than that. I, I'm saying, I didn't know that five was a number I pulled out of the air. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if a random place mm. killed five people, mm-hmm. that feels like it would be an outbreak. It doesn't sure. have to be deadly either. Mm-hmm. But if it kills one person, that's too many, but I wouldn't consider it an outbreak. <laughs> no. I'm going with... 
Whatever I said. Go with your gut. Five. 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 Uh, the correct answer is two. Oh. Just the two. Yeah. So if two people get food poisoning, that's an out. And all of you were being skeptical at me. <laughs> I feel like two people getting sick is just a coincidence. Mm. Yeah. Or like just the flu. Yeah. <laughs> or bad parenting. <laughs> yeah. Bad parenting happened here. <laughs> for testing your food safety knowledge here. What are the temperatures food should be cooled and heated to in order to kill pathogens? You're up cooking, man. But I don't agree with a lot of these. Uh, for beef, <laughs> for beef, we're looking at, uh, we want 135 at rare. This uh, is just everything. Oh, 165. 165 for heat and shit ass. 32. No, that's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what are refrigerators set at? Cold. Usually about 37. Is it really that cold? I'll say 46. Uh-huh. So I just made some turkey patties the other day, and they said heat to a temper internal temperature of 165. So I'm mm. going to say 165. And then for the low end, I'm going to say 40. Mm. Oh, you both said 165? Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's that, poultry. That, so that seems pretty legit. Uh, 45 and 40? I'll say 43. For the low? For the high. For the low. <laughs> <laughs> And what's the high? The same thing everyone else said. Okay. We all went over on the high, but Kelly got the low. The low is 40 and the high is 140. Huh. Or in yes. Celsius, that's 4 and 60. That's One, not recommended for poultry. 140? That's just a summer day in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that will kill any bacteria that could be harmful to you. But the thing is, you have to sustain that temperature for a certain amount of time. So, the recommendations for, like, cooking meat to higher temperatures is because I think the reasoning behind that is heating it to that extra temperature will ensure that it's over 140 for a certain amount of time. Leave no witnesses. I can get it to 140. So basically this is like the cookie premise. Like I could bake instead of baking my cookies for 10 minutes, I can bake them for five minutes at twice the heat. (laughs) Yeah. That's wrong. Stop. Stop. (laughs) I think it's like 20 minutes. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but if you cool it to 40 or heat it to 140 and leave it there for 20 minutes, I think then that'll wipe out any bacteria that could hurt you at 300 for one minute. Yeah. Because that, that beef hits 140, and we're pulling that shit out. All the food poisoning Andy's ever given me is going to hit me all at once. I've only <laughs> food poisoned all of you once. When was that? I think it was only a couple of you, and the rest of us were fine. <laughs> wimpy stomach theory, Andy. Yep. He only poisons his favorite guests. <laughs> <laughs> only the strong friends shall live. So we're on to our terms. I'm going to list five of the most common food poisoning causes, and I want you to tell me what they are. And what the heck? Why don't you tell me how deadly they are, too? In terms of, let's say the number I'm going to is 100,000. So how many people in 100,000 will die each year from this thing? Or the chances of dying? So first, Campylobacter. Sounds like a bacteria. Okay. And I'm going to say that it is 25,000 out of 100,000. Wait, that they get it or that? That will die. Oh, five. Five people? Out of 100,000? So we have to say what it is and how many people? Yeah. Say the name one more time. Campylobacter. Campylobacter. It's got bacteria right in. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. I'm not really recognizing any of the parts of that word. I feel like I've talked about it before. What are the options? Poison or chemical bacteria virus? 
Yeah. Uh, I'll say bacteria seems like a strong contender. I'll say virus. Um, and we'll say a hundred people. I was going to say a hundred people. <laughs> Too slow. I'm also going to say bacteria. Hmm. Um, I'll just make it super deadly. It's 500 people. <laughs> Every yeah. person. Yeah. Campylobacter is a bacteria. And it is the most common source of food poisoning in the U.S. Symptoms usually show up in a few days and last about a week. It's not very deadly. Roughly 240 people out of 100,000 will die. Well, more than I said. (laughs) That feels deadly. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, Fun fact, independent testing has found Campylobacter on 33% of raw chicken in the U.S. Hmm. Cook your chicken, folks. Yeah, which is why you cook it. There's a lot of nice rare meats. Chicken's not one of them, both for texture and disease. Don't reuse your knives after cutting it either. (laughs) Next, E. coli. E. coli. I mean, like, the word bacteria is practically attached to E. coli. So I think we can all agree on that. The last one was 250, and that's the most common. But not the most deadly, necessarily. I feel like this one's worse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going back to 500. Damn it. I was also going to say 500. <laughs> Solidarity, 500. Ooh. So, yep, this is a bacteria. And this one's tough because there's a lot of different types of E. coli. Most are fine and probably in you right now. But every once in a while, you get a nasty one. Symptoms can show up in a day, but they can take up to 10. And it usually takes five to seven days to get over it. And about 500 out of 100,000 people will die. Damn it. Adam, we're answer buddies. Yeah. How about Staphylococcus? Staphylococcus is also a bacteria. <laughs> and I'm going to say it kills. Once again, 600. I'm, I'm staying there. Maybe I'll be good this time. Well, this is like staph infection, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like that's yeah. another deadly one. Yeah, but I don't think of it as being deadly in the, like, stomach. I think of it being, like, an infection in a wound. I feel like wherever it gets in, people usually suffer quite a bit from it. <laughs> yeah, staff just sucks wherever it goes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll piggyback again. I'll go with 600. A thousand. Mm. So, yep, this is a bacteria. And it was one of two things that I researched that sounds like food poisoning because symptoms typically show up between 30 minutes and eight hours after exposure. Then you empty your entire digestive system by the nearest exit and then you're okay. And only about 30 people in 100,000 will die from getting staph in their stomach. It's more embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I had to sit in the in the toilet and act like a human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> one man human centipede. But yeah, this is like the only one where, like, normally when people get food poisoning, they blame the last thing they ate. And this is the first one where, like, that's even a possibility. Like, the huh. others, it might have been something you ate five days ago. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. Next, salmonella. That's also a bacteria, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it killed one person, Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> that's the one that's like the chicken one that you always hear about. Yeah. Well, that's also, it gets on lettuce a lot. And that, that, I feel like that's the one you get all the recalls for. Mm. I'll say 50 people. I'm going back to 1,000. I told you all it killed was Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> one well, person ever in time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is another bacteria. Symptoms show up in as little as four hours, but they can take weeks. Uh, and it usually takes about three days to clear out. 
and about 180 people in 100,000 will die from salmonella. Doesn't sound fun though. You like you had your nice Caesar salad, and all of a sudden you're just clearing it out. Yeah, not so healthy now, are you, salad eater? (laughs) Take that, vegan. And our last one, listeria. Listeria. It's mysterious sounding. It kind of sounds like a virus. That's the one that they worry about if you're pregnant with like lunch meat, I feel. Pregnant with lunch meat? (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a very lovely bologna. When you're pregnant, you're not supposed to eat lunch meat, you're spo- or you're supposed to at least cook it first. I mean, I felt pregnant with meat before after I went to a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a virus, and this right. is the worst one, because it can kill babies, apparently. So, 2,000. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. It could kill double. <laughs> uh, I will also say virus, and I'll say 1,000. Mm. I'm going to say it's a bacteria. Okay. Um, going back down. Everything's been low. 300. So this is our first virus. Yeah. And, uh, this one sucks because symptoms show up in as little as a week, but have taken up to 70 days to show up. Which <laughs> I wouldn't even it, know where it came from at that point. Right. Like if you're the CDC and you're trying to track down a source, asking people what they ate 70 days ago is hard. <laughs> Go ahead. Try to remember right now. I don't know. Like a chicken finger. <laughs> There aren't many of these infections compared to the others, but 16,000 people in every 100,000 will die. So yeah, about 16%. Wow. And that concludes our acid pop quiz. So let's start today by talking about the largest food poisoning incident in the U.S. history. In 1994, people in Minnesota started showing up at hospitals with food poisoning. They had a reasonably bad case of food poisoning from salmonella. The victims were questioned, and the common denominator turned out to be Schwann's ice cream. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's, that was my major source of ice cream in the 90s. Whoops. Yeah. So Schwann's immediately took out paid advertisement to warn people not to eat their ice cream until they could track down the source. I don't know if that's an ad. (laughs) Orange creamsicles are killing. (laughs) But unfortunately, by that point, it had spread far and wide. In the end, no one died, but it's estimated that 224,000 people spent some quality time with the toilet as a result. That makes me wonder if 10-year-old Andy had a a bow. In the end, it turned out what happened was that a tanker trunk was filled to the brim with raw eggs that were (laughs) infected with salmonella. What? Yep. Trucks just ride around with egg? Sometimes. Adam, I I have some uh, Rift Tracks shorts to show you about eggs. Oh, God. (laughs) Could you imagine being the person cracking those eggs? Just like standing at the top of the truck? Imagine like a highway accident with one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes and clear goo everywhere. How do you think they pick up the salmonella? (laughs) Just sweep that back into the truck. (laughs) That grit, we could just say it's parts of shell that made it. (laughs) So the tanker truck dropped off its eggs, then, according to a CDC report, did not wash out the tank properly. Pumped it with ice cream. (laughs) Which I can't help feel means that they didn't wash it at all. Uh And then they filled the tank back up with an ice cream mix and brought it to Schwann's. So, whoop. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. Oh, next next thing I'm picking up is gas. That's wild. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I didn't do that one first. (laughs) So next, let's talk about the Peanut Corporation of America, or PCA. PCP. (laughs) 
It's run by a, a shadowy Mr. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> so PCA was founded in 1977 and distributed peanuts. They distributed a lot of peanuts for a lot of different uses. In 2008... How many uses are there for peanuts? Lots. Oh, lots I, lots, I have an lots. informational video for you too, Kelly. <laughs> So in 2008, they were responsible for 2.5% of all peanuts used in the U.S. Thing is, they weren't exactly super safe. In 1990, they were sued by a large candy company who used their peanuts when it was found that they had unacceptable levels of aflatoxins in their peanuts. That's a toxic mold that grows on peanuts. But really, how much is too much aflatoxin? (laughs) The next year, they were sued again for aflatoxins by a different company. In 2001, an FDA inspection found that their peanuts had toxic insecticides on them. You have to get rid of the other stuff. Yeah. That's how they got you rid guys, of the mold. You guys didn't want the mold. Now you don't want the thing that gets rid of the insects and the mold. You're really tying our hands here. In 2006, Nestle did an inspection of their facilities and gave them a does-not-meet-standards ranking on almost every of the 40 inspections that they performed. But hey, they needed peanuts, so... (laughs) Don't be alarmed. The the does-not-meet-inspection rating means that they had no water to steal. (laughs) What? Nestle steals a lot of water. In 2008, an FDA inspection found mold growing on the bags of peanuts... 43 mouse droppings, and a bird that was just flying around the factory pooping on stuff. Just living in the peanuts. (laughs) Diving into them like Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) No, that was the rats. (laughs) Swimming around like Templeton. (laughs) Then, suddenly, and without warning, people who were eating PCA peanuts came down with salmonella. What? How did this happen? (laughs) A huge recall was ordered... 46 states and 360 companies were asked to send back 3,900 products with PCA nuts in them. In the end, 714 people were diagnosed with salmonella and nine of those died. And in response, PCA declared bankruptcy. (laughs) I'd hate to die via peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. But also, like, that feels pretty high on the deadly list. (laughs) So I guess the Parnell brothers who owned the company thought that they could take their money and run, but luckily not so much. Investigations afterwards found that the brothers Parnell often knew about salmonella infections. If a batch came up positive for salmonella, they just tested again until they got a negative result. (laughs) Stick the probe over there. Stick it over there. Do it again. (laughs) On one occasion, as a Parnell brother said to ship out a load of peanuts he was told that it had tested positive for salmonella and they were waiting for the standard retesting he told them to just ship it out anyway it'll come up negative eventually (laughs) none of our customers are salmon what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) when all this came out the brothers were sentenced to 28 years in federal prison however they had all their money from bankruptcy so they spent two months in club fed (laughs) yeah So let's talk about our old friend Jack in the Box. In 1993, they released a new burger called the Monster Burger. Catchphrase, so good it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Also scary for other reasons, apparently. At the time, several states required meat to be heated to 155 degrees Fahrenheit or 68 degrees Celsius to ensure that any pathogens were killed. 
but the government and FDA only required heating to 140 degrees or 60 degrees Celsius. As we learned in our quiz, that is the lowest possible temperature to kill germs at, but it's not an instantaneous thing. So the tastiest meat. (laughs) Not recommended for ground beef also. Yeah. If you heat a burger to 140 degrees and then take it off the heat, some of the germs can make it through, as Jack in the Box learned to their dismay (laughs) when they decided to adhere to the FDA standards instead of the state ones. I found one website that seemed to suggest that this was done to save time, but if that's the case, trying to shave 30 seconds off the prep of each burger turned out to be one of the worst ideas they ever had. That does sound like a fast food restaurant decision, though. Yeah, Yeah, it does. (laughs) 30 seconds faster than the the competition. (laughs) (laughs) Reports of E. coli started coming in from hospitals across the country, and it didn't take long to track down Jack in the Box as the source. 732 people from 73 different jack-in-the-boxes across the country were infected, the majority of which were children. Because they'll eat it. Yeah. (laughs) Of those, 171 went to the hospital. 45 of those were children. 38 had kidney problems. 21 required dialysis. And four children died. Wow. Ages 6, 2, and 17 months. As we learned from a previous episode, diarrhea is a child killer. Yeah. Yeah. What were those tiny kids doing eating monster burgers? (laughs) And it was not a quick or painless death. Brianne Kenner didn't die, but she puffed up and had jaundice, which means she turned yellow. And she was taken to the hospital when she started to bleed from every orifice. No. She went on dialysis, but despite that, she slipped into a coma. While in said coma, she underwent surgery to remove a good portion of her large intestines and had her lungs, heart, and kidney hooked up to machines to keep her going. They warned you, they called it a monster. (laughs) (laughs) She pulled through, but her and many others were left with lifelong complications like kidney damage, brain damage, asthma, and diabetes. Wow. Yeah. That's a nasty burger. In the aftermath, Jack in the Box pointed fingers at everyone else, including the FDA for their 140-degree requirement and the beef providers for selling them tainted meat. But luckily, no one escaped retribution. The FDA changed their requirements to 155 degrees, the beef providers and Jack in the Box paid out millions to the victims, and Jack in the Box lost consumer confidence for many years, though they did eventually bounce back. They came up with a catchy new mascot, and yeah. everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's happy clown. But uh, that, that's one of the reasons why they, they raise the temperature on that is ground beef. So you cook a steak, generally you don't have all the bacteria and stuff inside the steak. Yeah, makes sense. it's on the outside. So you generally burn off all the bacteria. But once you grind, grind up that steak, it's one mishmash yeah, of the bacteria, bacteria could be anywhere at that point yeah. with the fences yeah. down. Yeah. Plus, uh, they tend to grind up the least preferred parts of the meat, which usually is right around the anus area. Pig lips. <laughs> Beef butt. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some of that anus. <laughs> so that was a series of bad decisions. But let's we talk don't about- do sound bites anymore, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> The last time we said that, somebody made a song out of it. (laughs) Forgot about that. But let's talk about a situation where almost everyone did things about as well as they could have, but where the consequences were still dire. On September 2nd, 2011, Colorado reported to the CDC that they had seven people in the last four days who were hospitalized with listeria. 
By September 6th, another pair of victims were identified in two other states. All the victims were interviewed by the CDC, and it was found that they had all eaten cantaloupes. On September 9th, the CDC released a statement warning about infected cantaloupes. By September 11th, they had traced it back to Jensen Farms in Colorado, and by the 14th, Jensen Farms had issued a voluntary recall on 300,000 cantaloupes, and they completely shut down their plant to deep clean it for listeria. Factory recall of defected cantaloupes. Yeah. (laughs) By the time October rolled around, the cases had mostly stopped, though about eight more showed up in early October. From the first report of the outbreak to the recall of the cantaloupes took all of 12 days, which to me sounds pretty good to go from nine people in three states having listeria to we tracked it to one farm and they issued a recall. Even so, 147 people caught listeria and 33 of those died plus one miscarriage. I mean, how close are you going to be following this news? Like cantaloupe news. Right. (laughs) I'm on the cantaloupe daily every day. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, as Kelly mentioned, pregnant women are 10 times more likely to contract listeria, and it can cross the placenta and get at the fetus. So, yeah, listeria is bad news. Mm. Inevitably, the Jensen brothers were sued over the endeavor, but since they reacted responsibly and publicly apologized for the incident, they got 100 hours of community service and were ordered to pay a $150,000 fine instead of the millions upon millions that Jack in the Box shelled out. I mean, I know it's a, it's a terrible thing that happened, but like, what did they do wrong exactly? There was a couple of things. It came out that like they had basically ordered some used farm equipment from another farm, but they hadn't done a very good job of cleaning it before they started using it. And it's suspected that that's where the listeria came from. And then it started to get around in the factory and it just spread all over the place. Like the CDC found it like in the homes of the workers and on the conveyor belts. Like they just weren't doing a super great job of cleaning the place. So... I didn't give you wisteria, but it was in Bill's house. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's estimated that there are about 48 million instances of food poisoning in America each year, and only 1,600 of those are listeria, or about Mm 0.003% of all the cases of food poisoning. Even so, listeria is responsible for about 10% of the food poisoning fatalities each year. Wow. So listeria is the one you really don't want to get. It's nasty. Mm -hmm. And that was the virus, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine like going to the hospital with terrible, deadly food poisoning and then like having to sit down for an interview on everything you'd eaten for the last month? Yeah. (laughs) Be like, I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> Especially about food. Sorry, I can't talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bad listeria outbreak, but the worst one ever happened in just the last two years in South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> yep. Mondean. <laughs> nope. New Zealand. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This outbreak was the result of a few factors. First, South Africa food safety guidelines aren't so much rules as they are suggestions, so food producers can ignore a good portion of them if they want. More of a guideline, really. (laughs) Second, in a country of 53 million people, the Department of Health has 52 employees. 
So there's no way that these 52 people can keep up with all that food. So what they mostly do is have local contractors audit food production facilities and send in their findings. And collect bribes. Yeah. As we've learned many times in previous episodes, hiring local contractors is a great way to buy your mistakes away. Uh, to, wor- to work in a job where I could be bribed. <laughs> <laughs> So a company called Enterprise Foods had some deli meats go out with listeria in them in 2017. People started to get sick right away, but the cases weren't reported to the National Institute of Communicable Diseases until July. The Ministry of Health started looking into it, but in a we'll get to it when we have the time sort of way. There was only seven of them, so... They didn't make a public statement about the Listeria outbreak until December, and they didn't issue a recall until March of 2018, over a year later. By this time, there were over 1,000 cases of Listeria infections. 212 of those were fatal. When asked why it took so damn long to get a handle on the situation, the Department of Health said, hey, it's not our fault. We asked Enterprise Food to send us samples to test, and they kept sending us the wrong samples. So we kept having to ask them to send more. To which the rest of the world said, if you think a factory is causing a listeria outbreak, you go there and shut that factory down and test the whole place from top to bottom. You don't send them a letter asking for some samples. Please, please, sir, may I have some some of your turkey? (laughs) So, yeah, this has raised some very legitimate concerns about the effectiveness of their current Department of Health. We just kept making the samples into sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But let's let's also keep in mind that South Africa is the country where flamethrower is a proper carjacking defense. (laughs) So this next story isn't as deadly as Listeria, but it's awful for lots of other reasons. In August of 1951, in Pont-Saint-Esprit, France, people started to get food poisoning. They had typical food poisoning symptoms, nausea, cold sweats, and diarrhea. And there were a lot of people feeling it, roughly 400. You feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? (laughs) (laughs) For some, they cleared out what needed clearing out and were right as rain. But for a few dozen, that was only the beginning. Those dozen started to go out of their minds. A small girl ran screaming down the road, shouting that tigers were chasing her. This is well. Were they? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Anthony's fire. <laughs> A woman was found curled up and sobbing, and when asked what was wrong, she said that her children had been ground up and made into sausages. That's that would horrible. be a good reason to be sad. <laughs> yeah. The demon barber of Fleet Street. <laughs> A married couple chased each other around with knives. <laughs> good old-fashioned domestic. <laughs> One man said that his brain was full of snakes, and so he <laughs> jumped out of a second-story window. Ooh. Well, did it get rid of the snakes? Maybe. Another, fleeing some unseen enemy, jumped out a different second-story window, broke both his legs, but got up and continued running ah! away. <laughs> good. Spooky. <laughs> A postman who said that he was shrinking ran from ran from a donkey-eared bandit. <laughs> this sounds like fun. Hey aw, hey aw, no! no! Sockeye blue! I'm so small. So Someone help me, please! I'm only the size of an egg. <laughs> Even a town dog took to eating rocks, chewing so voraciously that it shattered its teeth. Oh, Oh, 
The victims were tied down for their own safety, and after a few days, they came back down. In the end, four people died while battling imaginary attackers in one way or another. Jeez. To this day, no one is really sure what happened, but the most likely suspect seems to be ergot poisoning. There we go. Yep. Why so, doesn't it cause like like some nice hallucinations? Uh, like, it actually it actually does. Oh, uh, good. apparently some farmers who were blown away by the beautiful hallucinations that they saw wrote some really tremendous books of poetry. <laughs> Farmers just tripping balls while the rest of France is jumping out windows. So yeah, ergot is a fungus that grows on wheat, and if it gets into your bread, it can cause food poisoning symptoms as well as mania and psychosis. Oh, and it can also cause your hands and feet to curl up, turn purple, and start to go gangrenous. That's a weird collection of symptoms. It is. Strangely causes you to hole up under a walnut tree. (laughs) Some people have theorized that the widespread of ergot poisoning was responsible for people going kind of crazy and being called witches during the Salem witch trials. Some bodies that were covered from around that time have indeed had ergot in them, though it has to be said that that wasn't terribly uncommon in those days. Another fun fact about ergot, it can still do its crazy thing after being cooked. The only way not to get ergot poisoning is not to eat it. The only winning move was not to poison. <laughs> it's pretty easy to spot as the grains that are infected are dark purple or black, but once they get milled up with other grains, they're much harder to spot. Yeah, I was going to say, how would I know that? The consumer. <laughs> yeah. My wheat loaf caused me to trip balls. <laughs> I like that it turns like evil colors, though. It like does. if you were in a video yeah. game, you would know that was poison. <laughs> yeah, don't eat the purple loaf of bread. <laughs> yes, that's the witch rhyme. <laughs> And that was the last of the stories that I had. Anybody have any good food poisoning stories? I had food poisoning bad once from eating at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Which I kept on going back to, and I don't know why. (laughs) But man, I was sitting on the toilet and using the tub as the other end for my my mains. Gross. It wasn't great. (laughs) One star. Would not recommend I got really bad food poisoning once from Chick-fil-A oh, yeah. when I was in South Carolina and swore off of it for years and years before I ever tried it again. <laughs> I've had stomach flu a couple of times, and that's no fun. Yeah. But I've only ever had like food poisoning, I think, twice. And one time I was a little kid and I just like I just went out and I th- <laughs> it was like two hours after I'd eaten dinner. And I went out and I threw up and diarrheaed everything in my system in like one instant. And then I was fine. <laughs> and it was yeah. all good. But the uh, the other time, I I hate throwing up. I hate throwing up more than anything. And so like I was so sick. I was like cold sweats and just like – but I, I just didn't want to throw up. And so I just like went in the bathroom just in case. But I stayed in there for like an hour just like talking myself down. And in the end, I was like, this is not going to happen. I am not going to throw up. And I just went back to bed and I woke up and I was okay. Woke up covered in vomit for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've had food poisoning, but I think I've always been like, oh, it's the stomach flu and never really identified it. And the one thing I was time i was convinced i did have food poisoning it turned out that it was a virus and i gave it to my entire family yeah that was fun (laughs) based on the time frames you said for a lot of those food poisonings like who the heck knows right exactly um, 
My wife, I'm surprised you didn't mention the story. Like Wendy's had a similar incident yeah. to Jack in the Box. And my wife and her mother were part of that. Oh, really? Like they both got food poisoning from a Wendy's hmm. to the point where we had been together for like a few months. I was like, hey, let's go to Wendy's. She's like, we don't go to Wendy's. <laughs> we don't speak her name. <laughs> we're not a Wendy's family. Dave Thomas can eat my ass. <laughs> I remember somebody on the ship getting food poisoning when we were in Panama and it was he got so sick and lost all control of his bodily functions <laughs> and had diarrhea all over his bed <laughs> and they had to basically like get a hazmat team out at sea and like throw it overboard <laughs> they gave it a burial at sea <laughs> <laughs> but the scariest part was i had eaten dinner with that guy the night before <laughs> and we gave each other bites of our food well, was I was not cute. feeling well for a few days. No. I was so afraid I was going to shit the bed. Literally, <laughs> I'm just lying awake like, please don't. <laughs> Stop pooping. <laughs> I'll get you a little high. <laughs> and yeah, the thing about all of these is like, you know, most of these are, are bacteria and viruses and they're sort of common places where they are, but they're just bacteria and viruses. So they can be anywhere. Uh, so on leafy vegetables, on fruit and meat, like they just get around. And if you get them in your system, it's bad. So yeah, there's all these recommendations about things not to eat if you're worried about food poisoning, but yeah, it can really come from anywhere. Food, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, it is always a result of the fecal oral route. So every time you've ever had food poisoning, it's because something shat on what you ate. Well, the last time I had food poisoning, it was when Rosie O'Donnell shot one into my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Is that obscure enough for everybody? All right. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? How much to lick a cow's butt? (laughs) Ooh, it's like the witch thing where I get satanic powers. (laughs) I have five, again, the five most common causes of food poisoning, and you're going to get one of them. Each one has a different price tag associated with it. So I'm curious which one you are brave enough to go for. So first is staph uh, infection. You'll leak like a squeezed sponge for a day, and then you'll be fine. You have a 1 in 3,000 chance of death. You do this one, you get a grand. Salmonella, about a three-day poopathon. <laughs> 1 in 500 chance of death. So in this one, you'll get $5,000. Drink a lot of water. <laughs> yep. Campylobacter, a good week of poopification. A 1 in 400 chance of death, and you get 10 grand. Hmm. E. coli. Again, about a week, but a 1 in 200 chance of death. You get $25,000 for that. Drink a lot of water. (laughs) And lastly, Listeria. A week filled with blood and feces with a 1 in 4 chance of death. But I'll give you a million dollars if you go for it. Water doesn't solve the blood problem. (laughs) (laughs) Drink lots of blood, too. (laughs) Too rich for my blood. Salmonella. Salmonella? Five grand? I don't know how much I, I... Well... (laughs) <laughs> if that makes it sound like I would enjoy it. I would not enjoy three days of diarrhea. <laughs> but I don't know if I could do the higher risk of death. Like I said, drink some water, but no. there seems to be more complications with the other ones. Yeah. I think I feel like I should go with, you know, the only meat I really eat is chicken. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Campylobacter is calling my name. Yeah. <laughs> I do like to lick it when it's cold. And 
I just <laughs> squeeze the bag into my mouth before I cook it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> We're giving Adam food poisoning. You're making Andy visibly ill. <laughs> I'll give you a straw. I love chicken, but I hate touching raw chicken. Yeah. Raw chicken is the worst. It's like, oh, good. You know what my favorite thing about raw chicken, though, is is if it's bad, it smells bad. And if yeah, it's, it lets you know. If it's good, <laughs> it's like smells- my, my raw chicken story. <laughs> If, if it's good, it smells like absolutely nothing. It's completely odorless, which I think is great. Fish is like that, too. Like, is it? good fish smells uh, fine. Bad fish smells terrible. No, I, I had a roommate once that bought a bunch of chicken breasts and said, surely I will use these later. Use mm-hmm. one of them and put them all in a Tupperware mm. that promptly got shoved to the back of the fridge. I forgot. It goes. Like three months later, something smelled I heard a pop. (laughs) Bad. Something's no. Like we were like, what the hell is this? I'm going to get in the fridge, and we we kept saying, hey, we're going to clean the fridge. They said, oh no, you can't do that without us here because you might throw away something we want. (laughs) Okay, rotten chicken, for example. (laughs) Finally, one day we had one of them here. I said, something smells like shit in this fridge, and I'm going to find out what it is. I start dumping out Tupperwares. This is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Finally, I reach in the back of the fridge and I get this Tupperware. It does not smell too bad, just by itself. I opened it up open and it. immediately I started screaming, get it the fuck out of here. Get it the fuck out of here. Because I was gagging. Through, through, through the gag, I was like, ah, get it. Ah. Jeez. How about you, Adam? Did you pick? Uh, I'd, I'd probably have to go salmonella. Yeah? 5,000? I'm the yeah. brave one. Well, I think I'd go E. coli. I think oh. I'd beat you. One in 200? That doesn't sound too bad. Don't like diarrhea. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be diarrhea no matter what. <laughs> What's the duration? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our amazing editor, Gerard. And if you'd like to see more of us, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Reddit or email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't eat raw chicken. Bye. Kelly's suddenly looking for something in her shirt. <laughs> Sorry. For a second, I thought it was inside out. <laughs> <laughs> All the viewers can see this. <laughs>